Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Big announcement today. Big announcement today. Uh, we'll do that in about 10 minutes. A little career news, which I'm very excited about. And I'm going to have uh, some career advice for you. Okay. Then Excellent. I'm going to put it on the record. Great. I'll always take that. Well, I'll always you take don't that. always utilize my I, advice, but I, you do I, take lately it. Lately, I'm doing a better <laughs> job, I think. <laughs> uh, we'll find out today, will we not? Yes, we will out today whether i do a good job of taking mr spielman's uh, career advice uh, the big announcement if you missed it friday is that i start a uh, new show today 5 to 7 p.m on uh, 9890 answer looking forward to that very very much hope you'll be uh, a part of that endeavor appreciate you being a part of this endeavor it is the spielman hooli we tackle life podcast if you're watching on the live stream we appreciate that sorry for the little bit of late start supposed to go at eight uh we went a little bit past that, as uh, noted by Nick, who says, uh, running late today. Yes, yes, Nick, we are running a little bit late today. Um, not technical issues, just, hey, look, Spiel's not showing up on my doorstep at 6.30 a.m. I thought, you know, I'll sleep another 45 minutes. And then I wanted to be fully prepared to talk about the Browns and wanted to talk about the Bengals and uh, appreciate John hitting me on Facebook saying he'll be listening today. Uh, many ways you can listen to 98.9 FM, The Answer, a news talk format. I'll be following uh, Dr. Sebastian Gorka in the afternoons, uh, which will be on the heels of Dennis Prager. And the lineup starting at noon is Charlie Kirk, Dennis Prager, Sebastian Gorka, and then me. So, yes, we'll be taking calls. Yes, we'll be talking about whatever is interesting. Uh, today, uh, we'll have um, some news on Ohio State, uh, on the school, and on the football team. And we'll talk about whatever happens between now and then because the show will be topical. So, appreciate that very much. All right. Uh, Spiels is not here today uh, because he was in Carolina yesterday. Panthers get a win over the Arizona Cardinals. I would assume that he's still a fan of Kyler Murray, although maybe not a fan of the Arizona Cardinals defense. Nice win for the Cardinals, even without Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but the uh, big news of the day is the Cleveland Browns just absolutely hammered the Dallas Cowboys. Now, of course, it got dicey because, you know, it is the Browns. And you'd think me being a Browns fan, as long as I've been a Browns fan, that I would know that no win is safe. But here was how my day went yesterday. I had, the you know, the good fortune of having both the Browns and the Bengals on Local television in Columbus. Love that. Love watching Joe Burrow and was certainly intrigued by what would the Browns do in Dallas. Dallas needed a win bad. Dallas was one and two. Browns were two and one. Browns getting to three and one. I mean, talk about your rarefied air. So I was curious about that, of course, and the way the game started. Uh, Dallas has a great offense. Browns have a you know, pretty good offense. Neither team has a good defense. It started a shootout. It's 14-14. to 14. Browns come out. They light it up with a reverse pass. Jarvis Landry to Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, wow. Kevin Stefanski, great play call. Said he'd been looking at that play on his play sheet for four weeks. Finally decided to call it. Got a touchdown. Call it more often, Kevin. Call it more often. He did call it later on in the game. Kind of, sort of. And it was a huge play. Odell Beckham, big game. Browns broke away from the Cowboys. Dak and his... Uh, and his guy, Zeke Elliott, turned it over. Zach, uh, Dak turned it over. Browns out comfortably. So while I'm, you know, watching the Bengals or only during Browns commercials, I'm thinking, well, this baby is locked up. Browns are up 38-14. 
okay, let's go watch the Bengals. Let's see if Joe Burrow can get his first win. So I'm dialed in on the Bengals, and that's kind of a in-doubt affair with Jacksonville and Gardner Minshew. And finally, the Bengals take control, and I thought, well, I'll go back and see if the Brownies have uh, wrapped up this laugher in Dallas yet. And uh, I get back just in time to watch Odell Beckham on another reverse go for a touchdown after almost losing 15 yards with 3.37 to go and the Browns clinging to a field goal lead. So I can't sit here and tell you what happened to the offense with a 38-14 to lead, except that they didn't add very many more points, just a Cody Parkey field goal to the total before I got back to it, which, you know, like I said, having been a Browns fan all my life, I should have known <laughs> that no lead is safe and no uh, circumstance is too strange for them to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Uh, but they did hold on. They are 3-1, and one, and they did it by running the football, and this is the oddity of the Browns' victory. They ran for 307 yards with Nick Chubb playing only the first quarter and no one rushing for 100 yards. Did you even know, because I didn't, I must confess, that Dearness Johnson is on the Browns' roster? Well, if you're a Browns fan, you know, to the nth degree, I suppose you knew who the third team running back was. But with Kareem Hunt bothered by a hamstring injury and Nick Chubb out, and hopefully not for long because that looked ugly when a Cowboys defensive lineman rolled up on Nick Chubb's. I thought it was an ankle injury. Now they say he's having an MRI on his knee. Oh, man. If Nick Chubb is out with an ACL, that'll really, really hurt. Uh, but the Browns rushed for 307 yards. So I think now we've got, what would be a preseason behind us, four games, I think we can pretty much tell you now how the Browns have to win. Okay, they got to score a lot of points because their defense has given up 30-plus in three straight games, but they've won all those games. They have to run the football, and they have to keep Baker Mayfield. He's averaged 25 passes a game in the last three weeks. I'm going to say he's got to stay under 30. I'll give him, like, 30 passes, but if Baker Mayfield throws the ball more than 30 times, that's not going to be good for the Browns because if he's throwing it more than 30, they're going to be getting away from running the ball, and running the ball is what they do really well. Their offensive line looks really great. In his last three games, Baker Mayfield has averaged 25 passes a game. He's thrown for six touchdowns and one pick, that horrible pick against the Bengals that put a certain win back in doubt, but they managed to hang on. So... Great job by the Browns. They get the win. In the NFL, I don't really stress too much about margin. Now, I don't want to see them, you know, have a 38-14 to 14 lead and have to figure out a way to hold on at the finish. That's mildly stressful. It's all about did you win or did you not win, and they did win. And now they get the Colts, and that's a winnable game as well, although Phillip Rivers can put up points, and any team that can put up points is a danger to the Browns because their defense gives up a lot of points. As for the Cincinnati Bengals, how about them? Get their first win of the year. Congratulations to Joe Burrow. Congratulations to Joe Mixon. I, I feel a Cincinnati t-shirt manufacturer brainstorming a No Ordinary Joe t-shirt with a picture of Mixon and Burrow on it. I probably should have trademarked that uh, because it seems self-evident to me that that would be the marketing ploy of the Cincinnati Bengals. But 
I haven't seen it yet. So, Joe Burrow, another week, another NFL rookie record. Yes, yes. Let's see if I can remember it. Was it most attempts against the Browns? Then it was... Who did they lose to last week? I, don't, I think the, the record last week, I think, was most completions. And the record yesterday was first rookie in NFL history to throw for 300-plus yards three weeks in a row. Uh, the kid's legit. He is legit. And here's the recipe for the Bengals winning, although <laughs> this is the recipe for anyone winning. This is like, you know... Um, it's hard to screw up a pizza. Like, I, I can eat frozen pizza. I can eat deep dish pizza. I can eat thin crust pizza. I can eat stuffed crust pizza. Some I enjoy more than others, but unless it's burnt to a crisp, I can enjoy any kind of pizza. So it's hard to screw up a pizza. It's hard to lose when you have a running back rush for 150 yards, which Joe Mixon did, and a quarterback who doesn't get sacked, which Joe Burrow was not. So to say, well, hey, you know, the Bengals are fine as long as Joe Mixon rushes for 150 and Joe Burrow doesn't get sacked, I got news for you. Any of the 32 teams in the NFL are going to be fine if that is the case. So that's not necessarily the recipe for the Bengals to win. It's a recipe for anyone to win, which brings me to our friends at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters as Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee is the recipe for you to have the best cup of coffee you can possibly start your morning, invigorate your day, finish your day with. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee is not only delicious, it does great things throughout the world. Yes, throughout the world, because they source their coffee from growers throughout the world. Thailand, Indonesia. I wonder if they have it from Ecuador yet. I'll have to check. They were uh, talking with a grower in Ecuador. But you want the best coffee. You want coffee from other climates where it's ideally suited to grow the best beans. But in those climates, when big companies buy from them, well, they have to go through government people and middlemen and all that. And the grower ends up with, starting out with coffee, he ends up with peanuts. Very little money, but not from Hemisphere Coffee Roasters because they buy direct from the grower. The grower gets more money. He does great things in his local community. And let's face it, those communities are impoverished. In Thailand, they've saved 70 women in a remote village from human trafficking because the employment opportunities in that village are you know, human trafficking or coffee. And in Indonesia, uh, their grower has planted 50 churches. So we're all about that at the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters is about doing great things throughout the world and bringing you the best coffee. K-Cups, light, medium, dark roast. Whole beans, so you can grind it yourself. You name it, they're doing it. My daughters now, my daughters, who never drank coffee in their life, my daughters now are into Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee. So, that's a good thing. And it's a good tasting coffee as well. Many different flavors. Spiels likes the Hunter's Blend, the House Blend. Uh, find your coffee at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Get 15% off when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. 15% off when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. That way you save and they'll know that we sent you to them and they'll stay with us as a sponsor, which we appreciate very, very much. Okay, uh, back to the Bengals. They did get the win against Jacksonville. That's good because next week they play the Ravens and it's unlikely they will beat the Ravens. But there is trouble in Bengal land. Now, it's great that Joe Burrow has uh, telepathy with AJ with uh, with uh, Tyler Boyd 
and T. Higgins. T. Higgins, the Clemson receiver, had uh, 77 yards receiving on four catches yesterday. Boy, Joe dropped a beautiful, beautiful downfield throw into T. Higgins. But there is trouble in Bengal land, as I said, because A.J. Green is back from an injury, but he's not back. A.J. Green is um, a non-factor in the Bengals' offense, and they got to figure out a way to get A.J. Green going or to get A.J. Green and Joe Burrow introduced to each other during a game. Because if A.J. Green could be A.J. Green pre-last season, man, and the Bengals could protect Joe Burrow, wow, that'd be a light show now. That would be a light show. So that's the one thing I look at with the Cincinnati Bengals, besides their abysmal defense, and say, you got to get that figured out. Got to get that figured out. So hopefully they will. Uh, Buckeye football... October the 24th, today's the 5th. We're 19 days away or 18 days away, however you want to count it, from Ohio State football starting. It seems like forever, forever. It'll be Nebraska. It'll be a big noon kickoff. Did you see the Pac-12 now has a schedule? Pac-12 is now going to play. Pac-12, the ultimate follower. As soon as the Big Ten canceled, the Pac-12 canceled. As soon as the Big Ten reinstated football, the Pac-12 is like, oh, I guess we can play too. <laughs> If you think television doesn't run the world, the Pac-12 network will start with its own big noon kickoff game between USC and Arizona State at noon. That's right, folks. If you're aware, there's a three-hour time difference between Arizona and the East. That game will kick off at 9 a.m. Local time, 9 a.m., breakfast with the Trojans and the Sun Devils. I can't imagine trying to get a team ready to play a 9 a.m. football game. Although, maybe this will be a trend. Maybe we'll start seeing this because, hey, in the TV window, this is something the Mac could do. The Mac could kick off at noon. The Mac could kick off at noon. They already own Tuesday night, or they did. Maction. What you know there'd be a league out there ready to play at 9 a.m. if they could get that 9 a.m. window leading up. Although when would the, where would they put game day? Where would they put maybe they'd kick off at maybe they'd kick off at 7 a.m. so they could finish by 10:30 and then they could do the pregame game day big noon kickoff and then kick off at noon. Maybe. Don't rule it out. But the Buckeyes are still a long way away from playing it feels like to me. Um, more than two weeks, almost three weeks. And to me, college football season won't feel like it started. I, I still forget. Like, I'm outside working in the yard on a, a Saturday, and I come in, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's college football on. Because it's not that until the Big Ten starts playing, you know, it's not worth watching. It's just that until the Big Ten starts playing, I'm not fully engaged. Maybe you feel the same, maybe you don't. Uh, did you notice I did watch Clemson on uh, Saturday night against Virginia. Man, I love those Virginia uniforms. Uh, Clemson beat Virginia, but it was a fairly, you know, it was they had to play their starters until the last two minutes, Clemson did. But Clemson's players uh, came out in the uh, NCAA-approved um, social justice message jerseys. Did you notice? Uh, we had guys out there wearing jerseys with uh, the words love, um, vote, uh, equality, 
what else? Uh, matter, M-A-T-T-E-R, matter, which, of course, you know, is short, I'm sure, for uh, Black Lives Matter. Uh, so I put a Twitter poll up yesterday. When OSU starts its season October the 24th, do you prefer players wearing social justice messages on the back of their jerseys as Clemson and other schools have done and the NCAA allows this season? Uh, so far, I put this up yesterday, uh, late in the Browns game, 500 votes, so 566 so far. How do you think it's going? Figure it out in your mind here. Just get a little guess of how you think it's going to go. You want social justice messages. You want... Uh, 20-year-olds um, making statements. I was going to say lecturing you, but that prejudice, that gives you my view. Social justice messages from the young kids who have all the answers, like you and I did when we were that age. Uh, 25% say, yes, it's fine. 75% say, no, give me a break. And I certainly would stand for anyone's right to say what they think. If you follow me on Twitter, if you listen to me today on 98.9 The Answer uh, from 5 to 7 p.m., I will tell you exactly what I think. I will tell you why I think it. I will listen to you tell me what you think, and I will have a, I will endeavor to have, as uh, Spiels noted in his opening advice to me on this show, I will endeavor to have a civil conversation. I want to engage on facts. I want to engage on thoughts. I want to engage on uh, merits. I don't want to shout. Uh, But I'm passionate and locked in on what I believe and why I believe it. And I fully understand that other people believe totally differently. What I'm hoping to do is to let's have a discussion. So I I think it's fine that the college kids have, uh, you know, a platform. I just think that, you know, I had a platform for years on sports radio And I had the exact same thoughts about politics, news, and social issues and entertainment. I had much the exact same thoughts then that I have now. Why didn't I share it on a sports talk show? Because it's not the place for me to share it on a sports talk show. People tune in. They want to hear sports. Now, could they tell where I stood from some of the comments I would make or some of my uh, explanations for why I, you know, was a fan of this athlete or not of that athlete or this team or that team? Sure. I mean, they could tell. But I didn't go into long, extended explanations for it. This is not the format. Similarly, I would say college kids have the right, anyone has the right, to voice their opinion. You don't have the right to beat people over the head with a baseball bat while you're doing it, break windows, loot, set fires. You don't have that right. But I just would tell college kids that people watch sports, much like people listen to sports radio, for the competition to support the school. And it might be better for the sport and the athlete's um, broad appeal if they would restrict their uh, viewpoints to certain platforms. Doesn't mean they can't speak to it. Doesn't mean they can't be clear with it. I'm just saying that maybe during a game with a message on the back of your jersey, there are going to be a lot of fans you're going to alienate with that. I think my Twitter poll proves that, and I have further proof of it. Uh, did you see the NBA? Did you know even that the NBA is engaged in its finals series? Now, I knew it, but I'm not following NBA basketball. And the reason I'm not following NBA basketball is because I just don't want to be preached to by NBA players. 
I just don't want to be preached to them by NBA players or by the league. And they are very out front with their social justice messaging. And I think it is irrefutable that their social justice messaging in a sports format is not resonating with people who watch the NBA. The NBA Finals Game 1 between the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers is the lowest-rated NBA Finals in history. Now, could you say, well, it's in the summertime, Bruce. People are in, uh, you know, I mean, summer trending into fall. People are not used to watching NBA basketball at that time of year. That's a fair argument. I don't think it's the reason. It's a fair argument, though. Uh, game two between the Heat and the Lakers is also the lowest-rated game two in NBA Finals history. Last night was game three. We'll see what the ratings for that are today. Uh, interesting, when you compare game two ratings to last year's game two ratings, last year it was Toronto and... Who was it last year? Was it Toronto, and I have no idea. Was it the Warriors? No, it wasn't the Warriors. They stunk. Fantastic that they stunk, by the way. Uh, I forget who came out of the West last year. Anyway, the, the, the Toronto Raptors won the NBA title. Okay, anytime a Canadian team is in this World Series, uh, the NBA Finals, it's not good for TV ratings. Okay, The ratings are lower because... There's something goofy with the way the ratings are measured with Canada. First of all, there aren't as many people in Canada as there are in the United States of America. There aren't as many big cities in Canada as there are in the United States of America. And so, Canadian teams rate low. But last year, with the Toronto Raptors in the NBA Finals, the ratings were 68% higher for Game 2. 68% higher. Now, I said I don't know who came out of the West last year, and I don't, but I know who didn't come out of the West last year. The Lakers with LeBron James. So figure this out, right? LeBron James, the number one draw in the NBA on television. Is he not? Is he not? Yes, he is. So last year with no LeBron in the finals and a Canadian team, game two was 68% higher than this year. This year with LeBron James, with the Lakers, Big city, the Lakers. I got buddies who are Laker fans. Uh, Bo Bishop, Cleveland Browns Daily, 97 won the fan. Big Laker fan. Laker fans all over the place. Magic Johnson fans, Kobe fans. Laker fans are everywhere. Lakers in the finals means cha-ching on the ratings. Well, not this year. LeBron in the finals against Miami, major American city, all the intrigue between Miami and LeBron and Pat Riley and LeBron and Eric Spolstra and LeBron and LeBron's history in Miami. That's a ratings winner, folks. Well, not this year. Not this year. So why is that? Well, I think it's irrefutably it's the BLM signs on the floor. It's the social justice stuff on the back of the jerseys. It's LeBron paying for the, uh, the bail of uh, felons in Florida so they can get out and vote for Joe Biden. I think it's LeBron... You know, not condemning the police, uh, the shooting of two police officers uh, in uh, suburban Los Angeles. I think it's all that. I think it all plays into that. Uh, and to say otherwise, I think is just being intellectually dishonest. So, will the Buckeyes be wearing social justice messages on their jerseys? I would say my it's a guess, it's only a guess. My guess is yeah. My guess is yeah, they will because um, if you have been following the new president at Ohio State, Christina Johnson. 
she's not shy about putting out Twitter messages uh, about social justice issues. And so I think it's fair to say that um, Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio State, they've already, they're have they on the record at Ohio State. One of the things they put out earlier this year was a, a video, a lot of, lot of hits on that video, supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. So I think it's fair to say players are going to be uh, empowered to do that. They are allowed to do it. I have no problem with them doing it. I'm just saying they will alienate some fans by doing it. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, speaking of Big Ten football, big injury in the conference. Although, I don't know if it's going to have long-term ramifications. It might. Jack Cohn, the quarterback at Wisconsin, who played a really good first half against the Buckeyes in the Big Ten championship game last year. Jack Cohn did something to his foot in Wisconsin's practice over the weekend. He had surgery. He's out indefinitely. Does that mean Jack Cohn's out for good? I don't know. They're not telling us. Who will play quarterback for Bucky the Badger with Jack Cohn out? Most likely it'll be sophomore Graham Mers. Now, Graham Mers was the next big thing at Wisconsin when they signed him. They were thrilled. He the, the story that I read in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and I think a lot of the reporter who wrote it, Jeff Patrikas, Jeff is really good at what he does. Jeff said that Graham Mers had an Ohio State offer. If that's true, then Graham Mers is legit because Ohio State doesn't offer particularly at the quarterback position, anybody who's not a, a bona fide stud. So if that's true, and I, I assume it is, or Jeff wouldn't have written it, then then uh, Graham Mers is, is, you know, he's got talent. He completed only 9 of 10 passes last year. I don't say only 9 of 10. He only threw 10. He completed 9. That's pretty good. Um, so we'll see if Graham Mers is the quarterback for the rest of the year, if Cone comes back. They were raving about Cone and what a great, start to fall camp and summer he had, so we'll see. But Wisconsin now has to replace Jonathan Taylor, and they have to replace Jack Cohn. Got to keep your eye on Wisconsin because, of course, they are presumed to be the class of the West, and that's who Ohio State presumably would play in the Big Ten title game December the 19th before the college football playoff bids go out the next day. Bonus football tonight for you. Uh, Thanks to COVID-19 and postponements, we have two Monday night football games. We have Patriots and Chiefs. I think that one uh, kicks off at 7, so you get Patrick Mahomes. Cam Newton tested positive for the coronavirus. I don't know if he's playing tonight or not. Maybe it'll be Jarrett Stidham. Uh, And then at 8.50, the first game's on ESPN, as Monday Night Football typically is. The uh, second game is Falcons at Packers. Falcons are horrible, so I imagine that'll be (laughs) a route, a vehicle for Aaron Rodgers. And... uh, that one's at 8.50 on CBS. So you got to be aware of that. Two games tonight, you don't want to miss one. They're on different networks. You might not see it and might go right by you. And you'll be like, hey, I missed a great performance because I didn't know it was on. So full disclosure. Speaking of full disclosure, health insurance is a fall event when it comes to looking at what you have, examining what you need, and perhaps making a change. It's called the open enrollment period. We're in it right now. For companies, for individuals. Uh, oh, I hit my camera. Sorry. There we go. I'll use my foot to bring it back. Okay. So, auinfo.com, licensed to service any citizen of the state of Ohio, any business in the state of Ohio. When it comes to health insurance, brokerage, and matching you with the perfect company, doctors, hospitals, benefits, co-pays, ah, are you, are you like, 
already recoiling at the thought of sorting all that out yourself on a website or on a phone call where you hold and you hold and you hold and then the person comes on and, you know, they're tired because they've been answering the same question over and over and over again. Wouldn't you rather deal with someone pleasant, someone with extreme expertise, familiarity, someone who's glad to talk to you? Well, if you would love to do that and have your best interests protected and get all your questions answered, then auiinfo.com is for you. Chrissy, Steve, Julie, the great people at AUI Info, they have 17 total employees. So they're a small business. So if you're a small business owner, they know how to minister to you. They know how to match you up with the right people. And you say, well, if you have health insurance, I stick with what I have. They've always been great. Maybe you've transitioned into a different life stage. Uh, Perhaps when you're young, certainly when you're young, if you're interested in having a family or having a family, then, you know, prenatal care, uh, child, you know, pediatrics, that's big. Well, now, you know, at a time, my wife and I, that was big for us. Now our kids are teenagers, so we're done having children. So we have to adjust our benefits to all that. And auiinfo.com helps us do that, helps you do that. Check them out, auiinfo.com, and tell them that you heard about them from the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Um, a little note for you if you're into high school sports, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, uh, I will be part of a live stream show with uh, my friend Sonny Folks from Press Pros Magazine, and we'll be interviewing Doug Ute, Doug Ute, the new director, executive director, I don't want to shortchange him on title, of the Ohio High School Athletic Association. So I'm interested to find out uh, what is on his plate as he succeeds Jerry Snodgrass, who was shown the door, and Snodgrass was very popular, and... The OHSAA has, because there was no state basketball tournament last year, they have financial difficulties. High school football playoffs start this week. The good teams have buys. It's a high school football playoff in the state of Ohio unlike any other. Everybody who wants in can get in. Uh, I watched a really good team play, two really good teams actually, Uh, Friday night. uh, Keep your eye on the Tri-Village Patriots. Uh, They're really good. Uh, They beat Fort Laramie at Fort Laramie. And Fort Laramie was undefeated. Tri-Village was undefeated. So uh, Lane Sarver, quarterback for Tri-Village, good player, 6'5". That kid can play at least in the MAC, maybe above the MAC. Really good player, and he's just a junior. So uh, Doug Ute, Wednesday night. Uh, you can find that on my Twitter. You can find it on my Facebook. You can find it at Press Pros Magazine on Twitter or the Press Pros Magazine Facebook page. So check all that out. Doug Ute, Wednesday night. We'll talk with Doug uh, shortly after 8 o'clock. Uh, Before we transition into the faith portion of the podcast, and I get you out of here on your day, uh, please do join me uh, this afternoon, 5 p.m. on your drive home, 98.9 FM, The Answer. It's my debut doing news talk. Really looking forward to it. Can't do it without you listening, participating in the show. How can you listen to the show? Well, certainly, if you're in your car, listen to it on your radio, 98.9 FM, the answer. I had a friend yesterday tell me at church that he has no radios in his house. Now, I mean, technically, I mean, he has his phone in his house, his cell phone, so he has a radio, but he doesn't have like a physical radio in the house, which blew my mind. I have like seven of them here, but I'm in that business. So if you don't have a physical radio in your house, how do you listen? Well, you listen on your phone on any assortment of apps. 98.9 FM, the answer has its own app. That you can search 
in the Play Store. Search exactly that, 98.9 FM, the answer. It'll say Salem Media under it. Uh, 98.9 FM is in black. V is in blue. Answer is in red. That way you'll know you got the right app. Or you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Shout out to my former employer, iHeartRadio. Or you can listen on the TuneIn Radio app. Or you can listen online at 98.9 FM. The answer. 98, no, it's 98.9 The Answer. That's the website. So you can find it. I'll tweet a link. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, I'll tweet it out. But I really do hope you join this afternoon. And one of the things that I'll be talking about today is that there's a major, 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 major hospital system in the state of Ohio that is spending money on paraphernalia and materials and all that kind of stuff and highly strenuously encouraging its doctors to talk to patients about the importance of registering to vote and voting, which is a to me, seems a strange conversation for my doctor to have with me while I'm in the hospital. But we'll see if you like that or don't like that. And we'll also have um, details on uh, the hubbub from an Ohio State professor who wrote an essay clamoring for college football and then realized that uh, that was a very uh, politically incorrect thing to do, and he had to profusely apologize uh, for it. So we'll be talking about all that this afternoon, and uh, we'll mix in a uh, little sports, a little entertainment, a little culture as well. 98.9 FM, the answer, 5 to 7 p.m. tonight. Uh, my friends at Willis Spangler Starling stand ready to protect you when you are in any kind of a legal predicament. You want to protect your rights. You want to make sure that you're not taken advantage of. A lot of times, there's no way to do it without an attorney. And when you need an attorney, you are in a perilous situation if you have to call friends and ask for a recommendation and vet candidates or, heaven forbid, go to Yelp or Google or, if you're old school, the Yellow Pages or, heaven forbid, rely on, oh, I saw this guy on TV. He must be good. Oh, he may be good. I don't know. But I do know this, Willis Spangler Starling is fantastic. Their expertise extends across the broad spectrum of law, and that's what you want. You want a full-service law firm. You don't want a lawyer for this and a lawyer for that and a lawyer for the other. Wouldn't it be nice to get to know people personally and have them get to know you? Now, Willis Spangler Starling has beautiful offices, but it's not a nine-story office building where there's 800 attorneys in there and nobody's going to know your name. No, they have a manageable number of attorneys. I'm going to guess it's um, somewhere around 10, 15. Probably 15 is high. 10 might be a tad higher. It might be right on the money. But you'll know who you're dealing with, and they take time to get to know you, and they can help you with personal injury, workers' comp, uh, wills estate planning, contracts, any of the biggies, all the biggies, all the little ones too. Willis Spangler Starling. Check them out online, willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. Uh, reach out, get your consultation, find out where you stand, make sure you're not taken advantage of. WillisAttorneys.com, WillisAttorneys.com. All right, got to label it on the screen that this is the faith portion of the podcast. Why do we do that? Uh, why do we do the faith portion? Well, why we do the faith portion uh, is because that's the most important thing in my life and Chris's life. Why do we put it at the end of the podcast? Well, because Chris and I have cultivated an audience over the years with a lot of sports fans, and we fully understand there are people who aren't interested in the faith portion. And that's it's fine. It is sad to me because that's the most important thing in my life, and 
Uh, as I've said before, Chris has often said, know what you believe and why you believe it. For a long time, I knew what I believed. I really didn't know why. But now I do know why. Because I have a full understanding of the foundations of my faith. And so, you know, honestly, I've become more bold in sharing my faith. And this is a phenomenon that I noticed, uh, first of all, in my life with my uncle. And then I noticed it with my father. I noticed it when both men were in their 60s and 70s. It's not to say they weren't faithful before that. It's just to say that they became more bold at that age. Now, I'm not at that age yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. Every day, I'm a day closer. Uh, so... I am sad when people say, yeah, I listen to your podcast, but I don't listen to the end of it. Because I think the end of it, to me, is the most important part. To Chris, it's the most important part. But I can't compel you to do what every individual must do, and that is decide for themselves in their life, who is Jesus Christ? Is he someone that you have to... Uh, elevate, esteem, and extol as the Lord and Savior of your life, someone you're counting on for your eternal salvation? Or is he just, you know, many answers. A lot of people come down, A, he's a myth, he's a fable, some people think. Uh, B, he was just a you know really good guy, had a following, died, not alive now. You know, there are many different views of Jesus. But I will tell you this, it is my, <laughs> I can't even, sincere belief doesn't even do it. Uh, as much as I know anything in life with certainty, I'm absolutely 100% certain that everyone in the world's eternal destiny depends upon what their own individual decision is about who Jesus Christ is to them. Lord and Savior or just some person that they don't quite feel like they need to deal with. So I think it's indisputable that Jesus lived on earth. Um, we have many historical records that say so. We have the Bible that is the inspired word of God of prophets and disciples who walked with him, and we have their eyewitness accounts of his life, one of whom is a disciple that I'm, I'm increasingly fascinated by, Peter, Simon Peter. So I've been reading the two books in the Bible, First and Second Peter, authored by the disciple, the apostle, Simon Peter. And I was reading in the second book written by Peter yesterday, and um, here is what it says. Second Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through them, meaning through his glory and through God's goodness, he has given us his very great and precious promises, forgiveness, eternal life, grace, comfort. Through him, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, through the promises, you may participate in the divine nature, heaven, assurance of God walking with you through life's good times and bad, 
so that through those precious promises you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of this world caused by evil desires. So, I mean, that's a big wow to me. And I got to thinking about how can I live that out? How can I make Jesus attractive to other people because of my life? Do I reflect the divine promises of God given to me because I've accepted Christ as my Savior, because I'm counting on him to be my credential for admittance into heaven? I'm not qualified on my own. You know that. Man, if you follow my career at all, if you've heard me talk about things, you know I'm not qualified. I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. I'm extremely flawed. But God sees me as perfect because I say, hey, you know, I'm not perfect, but Jesus was perfect, and I'm trusting him. You told me that if I put my trust in him and I'm counting on him as my credential, that I'm acceptable in your sight. And so I'm doing that, man, and I'm counting on that, and that's my only credential. So um, how do I reflect that? And I thought about always wanting to remember. See, my, my obedience to Jesus is not done effectively from my own striving and effort. That's not the motivation. Well, if I do this, I get that. If I do this, I get that. That's the world. Everything in the world is you do this, you, you get that. You go to work, you get paid. You work out, you get stronger. Um, you're nice to people, they're nice to you. Everything in the world is transactional. Everything. The relationship with Jesus is not transactional. It's relational. You have a relationship with him, then the transaction, your sin for his forgiveness, happens because of the relationship, not because in life, relationships happen because of the transaction. You treat somebody nice, now then you have a relationship. With Jesus, it's the other way. You have a relationship, then you get the forgiveness. Then you get the grace. Then you get the comfort. Then you get eternal life. But you don't do it for that reason. You don't do it for the transaction. You do it because of the relationship. Now, how can I put this in life terms so you can understand it? Well, uh, let's say you are married. Let's say you have children. You could do things that you know would hurt them emotionally. Do you do those things? I hope you don't. If you don't, why don't you? Maybe they'd never find out. Maybe your wife would never find out. Your husband would never find out. You cheat on them. You spend some money you shouldn't spend. Why do you not do that? Because you don't want to hurt them. You don't want them to know. You don't want to let them down. So that's why obedience is important to the Christian is because if you fully understand what Jesus has done for you, you don't want to let him down. You don't want to undervalue his forgiveness. You're so grateful for it. You're motivated by the gladness in your heart. So I thought about uh, remembering that, always having that be my primary motivation. And the concept of a museum came to me. Why do we have museums? Well, we have museums to remember. We just recently had 9-11, and what, what's the hashtag always on 9-11? Never forget, right? Never forget. We have a museum in New York City on the land where the Twin Towers once stood, and we commemorate. We have a Flight 93 memorial, Shanksville, Pennsylvania, I'm sure at the Pentagon they have a plaque, a 
display something to commemorate 9-11. We have Holocaust museums. We have art museums. We have memorials to Washington and Jefferson and Lincoln. Why do we have those things? We have them so we remember. We have them as reminders. Now, you might think churches are God's museum. They're not. Churches are not God's museum. You know, you can go into a church and there might be a picture of what we think somebody, some artist sometime thought Jesus looked like or statues and this and that and the other. And they're nice. They're beautiful and the stained glass windows and all that. And that's great, but churches look a lot different. The church is not the museum to God. The real museum to God is you, is me, is his followers. The museum to God is our heart and our witness, and our service. So you're a walking museum. If you're a person of faith, you are a walking museum to the faith. And people are watching. They're looking at the displays of your faithfulness and uh, walking out that faith, demonstrating that faith. They're watching it. They're looking at it every single day. And is it an accurate portrayal of the forgiveness and the grace and the things like that that come with faith in Jesus. I hope so. I'm endeavoring to do that. I'm endeavoring to do it today and every day in my new role at 98.9 FM, The Answer. I've had a pretty decent career in sports radio, but I've not liked how I've done it very many times. I want to be different today. And I'm going to be tempted not to be different. I'm going to be tempted by arguments and accusations and criticism and things that are going to want to lure me back into a place where I will not be an effective museum for the faith that is so precious to me. So if you are a person of faith, I would ask you today and in coming days, um, if you think about it, I'd be very blessed to have you pray for me at 5 o'clock every day, uh, that I do it to God's glory, and that I am an asset to healing and enlightenment and uh, many other things that our nation needs right now. I'm passionate about our country. I'm the son of a World War II veteran. I want to see our country be what it was founded to be, a nation under God, with liberty and justice for all. I want to help be a part of us achieving that. And I will need your prayers to do it. And I will need God's strength to do it. So, that's what I have for you today. Thanks so much for your time. I do really appreciate it. Have a great day.